0: In a world in the year 2017. In a time of tradition. In a city where anything can happen. In a war that isn't his. Every day in New York City. On the Miami Police Force. In the deep south.
1: like corporations weren't even like fully embraced the internet yet, yet. and yeah. I was trying to apply to Red Bull to work uh, from a VCU computer and everything was in Austrian like, yeah. it was like, like they didn't have like a they didn't have like an English yeah. I was like blind emailing like Austrian emails being like I want to work for your digital marketing like, and that didn't even mean anything in yeah, 2010 yeah that's amazing so this was 2009 it was late it was earlier so. well even like
2: Thinking now, like the few times since that I've randomly applied to places online. I'll apply to stuff like on, like a corporate job online mm. and just think like this is one of a billion of these that went in here today, like nothing will ever happen yeah. to this. <laughs> but like my first when I worked at Chase, that was just I just filled out the no shit. online app. But again, that was in eleven. Yeah. So everything's changed. Yeah. Now. Like it seriously was like it was the wild west then.
1: It's so weird to think about. All
3: right, let's hit it. let yeah, you get it. Has he has he directed anything? That's yeah, nothing. Um, yes.
1: since Trainwreck,
3: he did he write Trainwreck? Mm-hmm.
1: He didn't write it though.
3: Yeah. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Video Store, where it is all movies in, no movies out. This is Late Fees. I am your host, Justin, here with Eric and Pafif. Hello. Yeah. Cam is on location this week, uh, shooting his other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> shooting his other pod. <laughs> uh, but, of course, the, the, the life of a, of a dual podcaster is, is very rough as me and, and Pat. Uh, we well know Eric is... I've, I've
1: escaped that, um,
3: that purgatory. That life, is, he's free from
2: that. Eric chooses to engage in other
1: personal hells.
3: Yeah, yeah
2: like you're having your
3: Twitter yanked for no reason. Yeah, I think
1: my the main tw- personal hell of um, the last four years of my personal life uh, might have actually just... Went away. I think Jack finally did a sweep and got me. So Can you Show yourself, you cowards. Yeah. What happened? I'm truly, like, you, everybody knows what happened, happened to me at the top of the year, but I don't remember even saying anything incendiary, more so than I normally do. This this is a classic federal, feds
2: it really did do a sweep. Early morning, nobody knows what happened. Yeah. I just woke up and said my shit was,
1: shit was yanked. Uh, God, gone, suspended. Suspended. Rather. Suspended but or banned? It said suspended. It's suspended. It said suspended. So I don't know if that means I can come back. I think I, that means you can come back. I haven't gotten an email. Usually they email you saying like, "Hey, this is a violation." Yeah. Blah blah blah. They probably
2: I, know that you know the drill at this
3: point.
1: I absolutely <laughs> know the drill. So I'm gonna wait till Monday. It's been nice not to be on it all day
3: today. So uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a political prisoner.
3: You know, you you took a hiatus from Twitter. Uh, Self imposed. Yeah. And then now they're just forcing you to take another one. So yeah, maybe state, it's a good thing. State sanctions. I'll yeah. send you the funny ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's
1: ones. basically our chat our chat anyways. Uh, just a con-
3: without context, dropping like a random offensive tweet in the thread. Uh, we are in. We're, we're firmly in November. Thanks to everybody who listened to the Halloween episode that me and Pat did of the the crack ass of Halloween dawn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Halloween night. Uh, I really it was liked, Halloween. I really love. I really, really enjoy listening to that. one. me and Pat we just just kicked it for two hours. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I ate a lot of gummy bears. Wait, so I bought a new box, so Oh thank god. You oh we're we cracking it we'll momentarily. There. Yeah, we'll be cracking that one. We gotta so. stop coming here to do these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are we're, we're firmly in November Toward the end of the year, so I think what what Only prestige episodes from here on out. Is. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Three auteurs. I, I think hmm. the what have you what have you been watching is going to become a lot more like us catching up in the next couple yeah. of weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a big one uh, this week, though. Yeah, well, well. Tell, uh, I tour. saw
2: Kill Bill Siren. I saw <laughs> The Irishman. Hey.
3: Mm. Uh,
1: late you didn't review exclusive. it, so I didn't I, didn't I, it. I, uh, I reviewed it.
3: I'm gonna look at it right. now. I didn't letter. even see you post. That's what I was asking about. Yeah, it, yeah. I didn't see it either. Yeah, in the good. car. It's it's good. I think I actually asked Eric on Wednesday when we went to a friend's house. I was like, did Pat liked it? like oh, the Oh I I liked man? I liked it a lot. I, I think I even
2: know. I think I'm even gonna move it. I think it's my second favorite movie of the year. Oh, oh
3: wow, okay. Turn up. All right, so how was it?
2: Uh, it is obviously long. Uh but the I said to Eric on the way here, the only time I really felt... I'm addressing the length first, not because I think it's that significant, but just because it's what everybody is going to think about. Right. Uh, the only time I really felt it is when the movie obviously has started to wind down. Okay. And so because you know it's three and a half hours, you just naturally start to be like, oh, okay, when the which one of these scenes is going to be the last scene? Yeah. But it's not... like I was never waiting for... I was never sitting there like like in fucking It... Yeah. which is an oh hour God. shorter, thinking, like, please let this end. Like, mm. I thoroughly enjoyed myself all the way through. It is uh, an all-star cast, even <clears throat> even for the all-star cast that you already you know, know it know is. About, yeah. It's great. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much, even yeah. just because some of the appearances in the movie are, are really fun. De Niro's amazing. Mm. Uh, I, King. Yeah, yeah. I still do not support the aging technology <laughs> it has never looked good yeah it's uh, i
3: i will counter that with the, with something that i saw okay when i, when I talk and actually it. i think there are
2: time there is uh you, you know what i think unfortunately it looked really good what uh was sam jackson in uh captain marvel captain marvel he, i still haven't seen that he like he and uh somebody else Coulson he was he was de-aged also why he only like kind of had like a, like a wig on I don't know but uh, <laughs> Sam Jackson who is definitely older and so it was He's de-aged way now. more crazy. he looked so good
3: but you know black don't
2: crack that's yes that's so, prob- true uh, but everybody's really good the deaging aging isn't even I thought it was going to be a much bigger factor yeah. in the movie it's yeah. really not that big of a deal yeah Okay. or at least when it's used to like you know, when it's used to make him, De Niro, very young for a few scenes, it's like, oh, th- I don't think that's a human. <laughs> um, but it's not that bad. It's not, you know. It doesn't break the movie. Yeah, no. And it's it's over quickly. And it's, it, it's again, it's maybe a cheap thing to say, but it's hard not to love Pesci and De Niro Back just Hillary hanging Hillary. out in scenes. Pesci yeah. yeah. looks rough
3: in this. He, 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 looks,
2: he looks wild uh, in this one. Uh, and actually, <clears throat> his de-aging looks uh,
3: better. Okay. He actually plays Hoffa, right? Or is that Pacino? Pacino plays okay. um, I'll go next. Uh, I saw two, really. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, obviously I'm off my horror movie binge. So in November, I like to kind of like, who saw and like come down from watching a movie every single day. So I haven't watched a lot but yeah. I did see Dolomite is my name. Okay. Have you seen that? Yes. Really I haven't seen it. Loved it. I've seen, like, really mixed reviews about it. I also see that a lot of people aren't talking about it, which is kind of insane. It's getting ripped. I think the Eddie, people have had enough, like,
2: sanses yeah. to, now that we've gotten to the Eddie songs. people yeah. are like, whatever.
1: Uh, like, yeah, it's, it's like, like, Eddie. But, like, this is it. a good one. Which like, is a shame, because he, he's, this, is a, this is an important one. Yeah, he's
3: great, and, you know, I, I think I, I wrote this in my review, like, it's so great. It, it was so crazy that it probably took this long to get the, you know how Hollywood loves, like shit like La La Land it's like this is a movie about making movies yeah, yeah the magic it's, of movie making yeah and it's just like it's so crazy that it took this long for like there to be like a, a black version of the of type that. of all tour type movies yeah. that they've been making you know for 10 years yeah. at this point winning all the Oscars and Wesley Snipes man so much fun he is so great I'm almost mad that he disappears from the movie in the last third. I was gonna like, say man, I didn't even know he was in it oh he no one really does really he just kind of pops up and it's yeah. like oh he, he's there it's, like, it, it's very warm it's very you know there, there aren't a lot of like parts of the movie that I, that I felt like you know it always has to have like a downer part yeah like, there isn't really a downer part it's really a movie about triumphs yeah and it's really a movie about like just taking you know taking sh- chicken shit and making chicken salad out of it and yeah and yeah. being able to like and, be resilient and Eddie's amazing Eddie yeah. is spectacular he's funny it's, I forgot how funny he you know.
1: forget how good he can truly be and like yeah, it, it just to echo what Justin said, like it is the an unadulterated, <laughs> feel good movie of the year, yeah. like in every sense of the word. It's like, yeah, it's not p- midsummer. P- p- yeah, exactly. The <laughs> yeah, opposite of midsummer, like the entire movie is people telling Rudy more what he can't do and he'll and he won't make it, mm-hmm. and just like yeah, through sheer gumption and like perseverance, he just like keeps yeah making these movies in his way, and it's like, but the movie itself, the movie we're watching of this movie is kind of like shoddy at some point yeah. so it's like so it's like Rudy Rudy Ray Moore's spirit is like in the actual movie we're watching yeah. and it's like this, this meta thing happens but like
3: I also love that he's like already like Eddie already kind of looks the part age wise yeah. of how old Rudy if Ray if it's, it's a fan I mean other than it being Eddie Murphy it's yeah. a great casting I, 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 I couldn't shake the fact that it's like it's not Rudy Ray yeah. I think that's my only bad okay here's the, the thing
2: movie. I haven't seen any of the Dolomite movies and you guys know me I gotta see like three or four of them before I see the the movie movie.
3: that's
1: about the dope just watch
3: watch the first one I promise you okay they're not good none of them are good the first
1: one's good yeah and then you know they're like these they're like C budget like Z budget like exploitation films and like they're grindhouse movies yeah 100% and usually I hate when a movie does like Hey, this thing we just did a biopic about, here's what it used to look like. But yeah. like, they do do like a side by side thing. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, this is pretty cool. You yeah, know, oh yeah okay. I
3: feel like it was better than the disaster artist, and that we weren't meant to laugh at Rudy Ray. We were meant yeah. to kind of, we were able to see his ups and downs. Like, we don't know much about was out so like yeah, yeah. That that's like the the point, kind of. Yeah, like we're disconnected in a lot of ways. I feel yeah, like to, to I mean, essentially they're <clears> the same <throat> movie, but they they're like reaching the same goal. It's like a movie yeah. that was so bad it became, you know, people revel at it, and it's not like very like pat on the back, glad handy, like the beginning of Disaster Artist, where it was everyone was like, "I love this movie." Yeah, it's like, yeah. No, it's like it's, it plays it very straight, and that's what I I really enjoy. That it's probably yeah. in my top ten for this year. Okay, it's like, in my top ten. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, man,
2: I. Was Disaster Artist last year? It was the year before. What's that? Disaster Artist. Two it, was two it was two years, years ago, man. Ago. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it since the Franco I since uh, the, since stuff, the, but, yeah. but like, I loved it when it came out. I the, absolutely the, loved the, it. The ending scene uh, when him and Franco are... When Franco and Franco. Franco and, Franco and <laughs> when they're watching it together yeah. in the theater, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Santa Monica, uh, yeah. I, I was crying in the theater watching it. <laughs> and yeah. my parents were there, and they like thought it was a funny movie, but yeah. when we were walking out and I was like... <laughs> and they were like, I don't even. I'm, I'm gonna start crying talking about it right now. It was moving. But they were. They were, I was, they were like, Why are you crying? I was like, well, He did it. Like <laughs> yeah. he, he like, believed in himself and he did it. Like, yeah. it it's crazy. He's a crazy person. Here. And, and uh, But the, like, if it's anything like that, I, I, I'm really excited to see it. Is it on demand already?
3: It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah, you could go watch. Li- exactly. Wow. You can go okay, watch yeah, it, yeah, it. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to counter it. your de aging comment from earlier, I saw yes, Terminator. I saw Terminator Dark <laughs> Fate. Two weeks ago. I forgot that even came out. And uh, there's this. There's the first five minutes, there's a de-aging of, and this is no spoilers, but they de-aged Ed Furlong, they de-aged Linda Hamilton, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they look fucking primo. They look okay. really good. I heard the effects are pretty solid in this. They're actually... How's the movie? <clears throat> it's fun. It's,
1: it's getting ravished. Well, I think you mean it's getting ravaged.
3: Rab- what did I say, Ravishly. ravished? If ravished. If we like, were getting ravished, it would it's, be like at 100%. Yeah, it's as, as, <laughs> like, as, as people going out to see it, yeah, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people are like, this is better, this is the did best. It, did it not do well? No, it's no, been terrible. It's, oh, bad. It, it's bad? It, it's bad? Yeah. I see how it had a $158 million budget, but I also don't see how they expected anyone to go see it with, yeah. with like, to like, you know, not to be like ageist, but like, the, the the lead cast are like, yeah, they're over the hill. Also, right? also
2: <laughs> they, they are, and like, that's kind of the point, but they... It's not like something like I don't know uh, Rambo,
3: I mean, Rambo, Rambo,
2: or, or Halloween, where like yeah. people didn't care that the movies got bad, or like they still really liked it. Like Terminator since Isn't Judgment terrible? Day, they've done nothing but run the franchise into the ground over and over again. Yeah. So like the I get Why it, they trust like them? they got everybody back
3: or whatever, but like too little, too late, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I th- I think that you know the script is as Pat would say. Needs work. He's a, needs work. It's work. Needs <laughs> a lot of work. But I thought it was fun. Like, it's a movie that... <clears throat> if we, if you really love action, with, like, literally the first 15 minutes, I was like, oh, what am I seeing? Because it was like a bunch of crazy stuff was happening. Yeah, that, that trailer slapped. I even said, like, that trailer actually... Kind of made me interested yeah. in seeing it, which
1: I haven't had any
3: interest in seeing a Terminal movie. <laughs> I'd God it. knows how long. I mean, they of course they retcon everything. Sure. they're the up to two. Yeah. But, um, that's I, which is fine. I would see it for the cheap, or I go see it on demand. Like it really is really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're on a plane, it's definitely a plane movie. Okay. <laughs> you would definitely watch it on a plane. Lit. Uh, but I did enjoy it. Uh, Eric, what have you been watching, if if anything? Yeah, I mean, Dolomite was,
1: I think, the only new release that I actually got to, and, you know, you guys already heard my thoughts about that, because, yeah, I truly loved it. I would watch it again. Um,
2: and you, obviously, you, I think you
1: mentioned even on the podcast how much you were rooting for it. I wanted it to do well. I, I have a sweet spot and a soft spot in my heart for Eddie, and when he is on, it's like my relationship with Sandler. It's like when he's on, he's fucking unreal. Yeah. And when they <laughs> give a shit, they're unreal, and, like, you, you could tell, like, this was a, a labor of love for him. Like, I teared up watching this. Like, he... I just forget how good he can be. Not even just... He's always funny no matter what, even if the material doesn't really, you know, elevate his strengths. But, like, if you watch... Go back and watch, like, Harlem Nights and, and those earlier movies where he's, like... Or like even, like, 24... Or, um, 48 hours. Yeah. He's, like, capital A acting yeah. in those. Like, he's, like... He can be emotional and, and moving and, and poignant and shit and when he's, you know, not, you know, cutting, cutting jokes and stuff. But, um... Yeah, that that movie's really stuck with me. I loved it, and there's a young actru- actress in it. I think she's in This Is Us. the The woman who was like, they made like a really Mandy Moore. <laughs> 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 <Maybe> more, <laughs> it? Uh, they made like a really. They did. They talked about modern representation in a way that didn't feel ham-fisted or yeah. like pandering. Like, she she used a. Three dimensional character, like she's not just some prop that helps Eddie find his way, kind of thing. Yeah, you no, almost
3: feel like there's a romance between them, but they yeah. don't go, they don't delve too deeply into it. Yeah, it's
1: like he respects her as an actress and thought yeah. she was funny, and like, yeah, it wasn't like this man moved her her career forward, and she was a Leavenshurst, like she was her own character, and they went their separate ways at the end. But she's like, I've never seen someone who looks like me on screen before, and you did that, Rudy, and yeah. then chick walks away because she's like a larger woman, and yeah, um, I was like. But it really worked. I was like, normally I roll my eyes, like, okay, you guys are like, found a Twitter buzzword. To, yeah, I like, yeah. No, this is like profoundly sweet. That's it was good. There's a sweetness to it that I yeah. wasn't expecting.
2: I'm excited to watch it. And you rewatched
1: Panic Room. Oh, I did. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, this is probably what got you booted from Twitter. Yeah, I was going in on... on I Dude, it's a I, I haven't movie. seen Panic Room either. I It, it came out literally f- 10 months after 9-11. Yeah. It like, <laughs> <I, I, I, laughs>
3: It's our post nine eleven. Everything changed. changed. Everything changed. That,
2: this means that it was one of the movies when they were like literally probably dumping movies left and right, and 100%. they were like, "How do we have? How do we have to re-edit this since?"
1: It felt yeah. It felt like there was some uh, reconfiguring uh, at the at the forty eighth hour. <laughs> um, but I mean, it is fun, and it was like, as Pat says, not just that the script means work. He also has another catchphrase: "They don't make movies like this anymore." And it's like. I mean, there's, like, some post-9-11 security, like, the the, the the facade of security after 9-11 kind of allegory or parable there. But it's, like, just a fun, like, home invasion <laughs> movie. Like, Dwight Yoakam is in it with a mask on the whole time. Yeah. And it's revealed that it's Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> Jared Leto has rose Like, it's, like, yeah. It's like oh, a, the appropriation. Yeah, it's uh, Dwight... Or not Dwight. Um, uh, Forrest Whitaker's in it, and he's, like, the sensitive bad guy, and like, the thoughtful bad guy. The idea of Kristen Forrest Whitaker
2: and... uh Jared Leto being on a bad guy team together is so fucking yeah. funny. And it, becomes
1: like, and it com- becomes like a Looney Tunes movie, but David Fincher is directing it, so it's like gritty and like really shot. It movie. Yeah, it's, it's like oh, that colors too. Like yeah, it's all like, it's all like piss, piss yellow, you know, <laughs> uh, color uh, palette. But um, yeah, that was a fun little just like I threw it on one of those things where you're just like, I'm gonna put, I need background noise. You yeah, end up yeah, watching the whole thing.
3: You end up stopping me like, this is something I really yeah,
1: want to watch yeah. I was like okay I'm having fun with this again but yeah that's it my, my TV show is watching Watchman watch, yeah. hey, should we, we do ha-
3: five minutes on that and then get into the should, main event we should get to Watchman next episode because I think this episode that we're going to play tonight I heard it was pretty good okay let's, let's, get, we're, let's, we're. let's blow out Watchman next time because I feel like there's not enough yet for us to talk about other than, like... The discourse. I, other than the discourse. Yeah, I and feel like
2: the everything is still, like, kind of in... Flux. Uh, <laughs> no, to speak of from another thing that we all love, uh, this, uh, it, it's nine episodes, so th- yeah. the first three are I done. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the pledge is over. It is time for the turn. Yeah. Uh, and so once the turn starts, we'll have more to... Uh, to discuss, to, to, to discuss,
3: because I, I think that I mean obviously there are there are like some very uh, pertinent things in the show that we would love to talk about. That being like the focus of race and the focus of police. But I would right. rather like do a huge. I love this. Uh,
2: Eric and I were saying on the way over here. It's so great to have a show that is pro cop and so cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pro
1: fascism. Finally, <laughs> pro bootlicking. All of our favorite things. What are
3: you pulling out here? Oh, fucking brush! I thought you were pulling out drugs. No, buddy. <laughs> I'm just, just brushing for the mic, baby. It's an uh, ASMR episode now. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I had a itch. Let us get into the main event of the episode, uh, Judd Apatow. What made you want to do Judd Apatow? Pat? I think it was just us scrambling to find a director to do before it emerged. Yeah, we, we, we haven't done... <laughs> a director-focused
2: episode? Well, kind of, we did Romero, but it kind of wasn't really just as... It was focused a little are Halloween. Ra- ra- yeah, Romero yeah. Was,
3: Well, I'd say Romero episode was focused on just the impact his movie yeah yeah, power. which is
2: kind of what we're, we're doing uh,
1: with App yeah, yeah. With Judd App uh, didn't it kind of branch out from our Sandler
2: we discussion about, yeah we talked about that and because it is kind of gonna we're taking the again as we said last episode brief uh, Denzel detour around Thanksgiving but oh, that's right. this will the end of this episode will dovetail nicely with the what's, actual what's Sandler nice. episode Yeah. but this one uh, I think we, had, we must have been... I don't remember what it was. On or off, Mike, we must have been talking about some comedy or something yeah. that, like, really... I don't know. I think about this often enough, but like, and it's pretty obvious to anyone who does, that uh, movies are just now and in many ways haven't really figured out how to truly leave... Just are now leaving and haven't really truly figured out how to leave the Apatow shadow yeah, that yeah. has basically existed for a decade. There's or a long. large hole, too. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Like, there is no, like, for better or worse, you can pretty much think of, like, m- some movies that define a movie or an era comedically yeah. uh, and, like, recognize tonal similarity. Like, like oh, even if, like, one, like, everything in the eighties is a John Hughes movie, whether or not he made the mm. movie or not. Yeah. Everything that came out in the last ten years is a Judd Apatow movie, whether yeah. he made them or not. Everything that came out in the 2000s was... Uh, a Ben Stiller or a Will Ferrell movie, yeah. whether or not one of those guys was in it. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now, like, I don't really know. I mean, I, I feel like there are fewer and fewer popular comedies that come out. Like, when one comes out, like, remember how excited we all were about Game Night, how high yeah. it was on all of our lists last yeah. year? <laughs> it's because literally, they, again, we just had don't. They, the studios do not make comedies anymore. Yeah. Even, like... The tag yeah which, remember Tag which like is the bad version like Game Night somehow worked mm-hmm. Tag is like the opposite side of that coin yeah. like ensemble cast a dumb thing, idea a, premise, a <laughs> premise that
1: shouldn't work on paper yeah it, that, it failed yeah that one failed and, and well Game Night thrived yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, and Incredible movie. then and then there's like weird movies like Blockers which I didn't love I think I even fell asleep during it <laughs> oh, wow. oh my god uh, I liked it which I I, blockers I didn't But I would say whether or not regardless of your opinion of the actual movie itself it is very obviously a fake Apatow movie.
3: Yeah and and also it dropped two years ago. Yeah. which
1: That's crazy to think about. Crazy. Neighbors that's a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, I mean it's you know again. Sets in it? Yeah. It's the petri dish that spreads and like kind of grabs these sort of outline characters in this orbit that brings them in and then yeah now they branch off and then we have this new iteration, I hope... I didn't mean to cut no, no, you no, off, I'm, but like... No, I'm
2: just spiffle. Yeah, we
1: tried to have the last Great Apatow movie, which was Popstar, and we saw how mm. a lot of audiences react to that. Universal completely fumbled the rollout of that movie, and it's one of the true crimes against the arts, because that I movie, would
3: I would really love to sit down with Andy Sandberg and the crew and talk about Popstar one day. Yeah,
1: just because, like, they had to, and like... The Lonely Island guys who, you know, are... I, they, I would say cousins of that yes
3: I, I, I think in terms of dialogue style yes yeah
1: but they they created their own they blazed the path like people forget like the lonely island guys kind of created youtube like they yeah. made oh yeah I they mean, shifted the industry expectation of how you can have content live online with with a lazy sunday
2: yeah exactly it, it, other it than, caused a chasm in the industry other than fucking the leroy jenkins video it's and, a world of warcraft uh, i understand the <laughs> and, the, and the unforgivable guy <laughs> yes yes those like the three things. Uh, yeah, and then it was like, oh, the like there's stuff on the internet now that like people yeah. know in real life. <laughs> yeah, and we're all talking about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and that that created this chasm of like, okay, now a corporation owns this SNL thing. They tried to like shadow ban. Yeah. You couldn't watch it on YouTube. I was like, what the fuck is YouTube? Yeah. This was 2005, I think. 2006. Yeah. And then that became, there was they fought it. The industry fought it, fought it, fought. it. I'm like, fine. Now we can use these metrics of views to like dictate the next trend in comedy. Yeah. So like, then all of a sudden you could watch all the mm-hmm. digital shorts online. and even, even that, like they
2: created a more prestigious section of SNL yeah. with the digital shorts. That's true. <laughs> like, I don't fucking watch SNL, but I, I, if it's a digital short, I'll be like, oh, okay. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... I'll, I will watch it. Whatever you yeah. were telling me to watch that I didn't want to, oh, well, well, I didn't know it was digital short. Yeah.
3: So, I mean, Judd Apatow, I mean, what, what are some things that we, we know as a Judd Apatow movie? I mean, obviously the cast. He's gonna have someone... From Jonah Hill to Seth Rogen. Yeah, the Farm and, League of Talent that yeah. he created, which spans, like I said,
1: like, it's, it's a petri dish that spread very far. And, like, there's people in the Outliers who maybe may not be part of it, but we know, like, Mindy, Mindy Kaling, mm-hmm. yeah. like, she was in Forty Old Virgin, yeah. but she's her own power now. but yeah. yeah, Ravani Malco. Yeah, Romani Malco, which, like... He Paul Rudd brought him in, because they yeah. did this, like, indie French film in, like, 2004 that no one <laughs> saw, so they were pals, and he was like, oh, I want to bring him in. I but, didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's called, like, The the Chateau. Okay. Um, so, it's weird, but that, so, yeah, the, people were, like, bringing in, like, the Wet Hot American Summer Crew, which was Paul Rudd, met with, yeah, Judd's actual, and J- now, J- was Adam McKay, too, like, Adam, Adam McKay, McKay yeah. was, like, in that orbit, too, because Judd J- J- was producing Anchorman, and that became the sensation, and... That was like the Will Ferrell era. Yeah, and and that, and that yeah. So he was already like yeah. He was geared up to be
2: yeah. It was Ricardo. like a it was like a
1: snowball falling down a mountain. Yeah. yeah. That, that became very large, and Apatel was like the top of that crest. Yeah. So
2: I, we're kind of going to. Uh, there's huge fans of this potentially listening. I'm, I've am i seen Freaks and Geeks. I'm not an expert in it. <laughs> Haven't seen Undeclared. This is a movie podcast. I'm black. We I have, didn't watch any of those. <laughs> I watched
1: both. We have to...
2: <laughs> that They did contribute a lot to his power, especially in relationships with actors and studios, yeah. but we aren't really going to talk about either one of those on this episode. It's only, already going to be long.
1: Yeah, the only one that... You need to know from uh, Undeclared is Jay Baruchel. That's where he came into the picture. Okay, that, yeah. And right. also another show canceled by nine eleven. Not making that up. Was it really? Yeah, it, it, it changed it, everything. It premiered. I can tell you all, bro. It premiered like like September first, and so like the third episode came on. Like, hey, I don't think America really. Uh, it happened. Nine eleven happened. Yeah. America was like, yeah, like kids playing beer pong probably isn't like people don't want to see that right now. Yeah, <laughs> they want yeah. To justice. we want. Yeah, yeah, we want. I, I
2: wanted to watch Jack Bauer torture people. Yeah, that's so, that's, dude, that's a whole so, other. Conversation. So he. He comes off of that
3: stuff and in... Well, hold on. Before yeah, we yeah, do that, we yeah. are, we're talking about the defining characteristics of it. Just yeah, 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 yeah. So, obviously, we have the cast. We have the dialogue, which, which is, is mostly improv. It's mostly improv. Also, <coughs> very much dialogue that I could say. This is dialogue that uh, you would... You, you can find with your friends. Like this, it, it's, it's the way that people talk. It's, the most so it's like how things... Every time,
2: like, NBA, uh, like, like, 2K20, 2K21 comes out, you're like, yeah. oh, it's not, like, that much better than the last one, but, like, it's definitely more it's realistic. Familiar. And, like, it, it kind of does... It happens, like, every generation of stuff. Like, oh, it's not the most accurate, but, yeah. like, this is a pretty accurate yeah. representation of, like, friend dialogue. Yeah,
1: and I think that was the lightning in the bottle that really captured audiences' attention because we had been shoveled a generation of comedies that sounded like f- what 50-year-old screenplay writers were <laughs> writing for 20-year-olds to read. Yeah. Like, not how actual 22-year-olds talk, which, yeah. which became the norm with, with Apatow because... Or, or, like, Dodgeball or Anchorman, which is how literally no nobody one talks. talks. Right, yeah, which is all <laughs> different. different... Yeah, you either have to do one or the other, like... Actu- absolute naturalism, which Apatow gave us, like, actual, like, in-the-moment, exp- extemporaneous speaking, or yeah. Dwight Goodman speaking like a fucking alien. Yeah, uh, in yeah, Dodgeball. Like, that's, yeah, none
3: of that middle shit. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely... The dialogue, to me, is, like, the most... Uh, really, just the most defining part of his movies, but also... They all they all take place in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does make he Kelly. He he repped. It's great. He He does make the L.A. uh, movies. Watching these two movies, I'm like, wow, these are so California. I mean,
2: he stays up in uh, Los Feliz. Oh, definitely. Like right up there, and that's basically where all the movies look like they take
3: place. (laughs) Well, we'll get to this in Knocked Up, but um, before you know, obviously today we're going to be talking about Knocked Up and Funny People. Two long ass movies. Yeah. I just literally wrapped up, knocked up before the boys walked into the crib today. I will
2: say he, that's a defining trait of his movies. That
3: very long as long, long yeah. as hell. Yes. I, what was this? Was twenty over, or forty year old version is probably the shortest movie. I think it's like one fifty five. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, this is a studio comedy, man," which we will talk about forty year old in a second. Um. So knocked up released in two thousand and yeah, seven. Do you want? Do you want to talk? About, can I talk about forty year old for like two oh, seconds ahead, real quick?
2: Before. I so stole up. my
3: 4-year-old version DVD in college. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, love, like, I,
2: I had all these movies on DVD too, but there was such a like. I was a fucking uh, hall monitor about my DVDs <laughs> in college, but we're not going to be keeping them. Uh, the knocked-up, to me, phenomenon uh, was preempted slightly, and this entire generation of uh, R-rated comedies was preempted by. Not just board girl Virgin, but also Wedding Crashers, mm. which came out. I think same year. Yeah,
1: same year, probably within like three or four months of each it other. Was the DMX, um, Hell is Hot, uh, it, it, the Flesh
3: of My yeah, Blood.
2: yes, uh, because they really weren't R rated comedies. It was all Will Ferrell, Ben Stiller stuff, which is fine because that stuff is fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, but this was like, oh, R rated comedies are back now. Yeah. Uh, and a lot many of the people from Uh, not Wedding Crashers, that's like kind of a, that's coming off of really the stiller stuff and somehow getting an R-rated movie off. And I think Wedding Crashers, while has obviously a pretty icky premise, uh, (laughs) it does have some fucking amazing comedic moments in it. Uh, And, you know, 40-Year-Old existed alongside of that and, you know, Rogan's in that, Rudd's in that. Uh, It's kind of a different movie because Carell was already a force. Yeah. Which is probably what got the movie made.
3: But I mean, ironically, Knocked Up was set to be the sequel to 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, with, It
2: was, I mean, Virgin. you can tell. With, with Rogan reprising his role yeah. as a smart tech And right. spiritually, he kind of does. It still, it's still I mean, yeah. Like, if they, if they made him like a, a smart tech guy who lived in the valley with all his friends no instead one of a guy. Canadian guy, <laughs> yeah. like, it wouldn't really have mattered. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say on 40-Year-Old uh, other than... It's a classic. It, it is a classic and it, it as much as I uh, I love Knocked Up as well. Forty Year Old is the reason again, alongside Wedding Crashers, that
1: all of these R rated movies even got made in exactly. my mind. hundred percent, and it was not to and they worry. were must see movies. Totally, Sorry, yeah. and not to belabor the point that I wrote about this for Complex, I think in like twenty fifteen, like on the what, I guess the ten year anniversary of a Forty Year Old. was I know? I'm mean, getting old. It's freaking me out. Um, <laughs> how that was also that path sort of, like, bifurcated with, like, Forty Old Virgin sort of cementing this new era of, like, kind of sweet, raunchy comedies, yeah. where, like, Forty Virgin was, I mean, um, um, Wedding Crashers was, like, very, like, dick-swinging, baldy. Yeah. Comedies. I'll argue with that,
3: watching Knocked Up. I'll argue with the sweetness. You don't think they were don't sweet- was sweetness? I, I thought it was, like, I mean, there's, like,
1: um... It was it was the rise of like the beta like it was like a beta male comp like there are but you
2: know, I think, think I, there are instantly. moments with the the guy the, there are too many guys yeah. for it to be once Sweet. you have once you have so many guys in a room yeah it's not really <laughs> yeah. representational whatsoever and once you have so many guys in a room it just starts to get bad no matter what yeah. the forty year old has some moments that are almost like that like when they're giving him the advice and shit but they're bad yes yeah. and you can the movie is part of what making the movie sweet represents to an extent is also uh, saying that you know what the fuck you're doing. So it makes moments where characters are gross more excusable because you know that the person is using them to represent yeah. the idea that people are gross,
1: not necessarily just for comedy. A- 100%. And that's what I was saying about 40. It, it does change a little when Knocked Up because like you said, it's... It's, um, the, it's the, less diverse. The, the, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the bros have a little more cachet, I think, whereas... The Bros and Four Year Virgin like Romany, Paul Rudd, um, and Seth like they're not happy people. They're like trying to be, like you need to get laid, man. Yeah. But they they're, they're crying like they're literally crying and everything because like they're not happy. <laughs> they're not fulfilled. Like they're not being rewarded for their for like their broy behavior. Yeah. Whereas I think yeah, it slightly changes and knocked up, but
2: knocked up. I will say though, does the fact that this many actors who are now like. ...forces unto themselves. Yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: uh, yeah. But, well, but, the the uh, where are
2: they now will reveal
3: uh, some revelatory things. So <laughs> no, that's crazy. Seth Rollins' first leading role, Catherine Heigl, who was on top of the freaking world at this yeah. point. Everyone was like, how the hell did this happen? Yes. Everyone was like, how the hell did this happen? Uh, the, the main premise of the story is uh, Ben uh, and Allison meet each other at a bar... Uh, I age, think he's doing the dice thing too much. Age, classic, classic scene. I, <laughs> <laughs> it, when, after that swing song came out, you could hear it at every college yeah. Yeah, was bar. A college that was like the co- That's ODU theme. That's like the Mojo Bone theme, bro. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. <laughs> oh shit, Jake did ask him. They play that like ass and That and Big Sean ass. They play that at, at, the, at the bar all the time in ODU. Though. This is so, this is a deep cut reference for Yeah, it's demonic deep cut. I think Huey who listened to the show probably know what we're talking about. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, they, they, they meet each other and they have a condom mishap. Okay, let's just be clear here. When someone... I've never been this drunk, okay? But does your mind go away when someone it, when a girl it, says, just go ahead and do it already? Is your mind like, does she mean condom or just put it in? I will... I mean... This is Late I, Fees After Dark. Yeah, it's Late Fees After Dark. I, I will late say, fees, uh, locker again,
2: room uh, as we say often about comedy on this show, uh, we're talking about these movies with the caveat that they are now... 15 years old. Yeah, <laughs> close to 15 years old, 13 at least. Uh, so some of the stuff just gets gross over time. <laughs> uh, look at any movie in the 80s. Again, we say this a lot. Even the ones we like and defend uh, probably have some very gross things in them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd have to... I don't... I mean...
1: I, I don't know... Wh- I think It's a questionable situation. It's a questionable situation that I think all things considered is handled decently because it was a moment of consent, which they stress, and I think that's important for a sex comedy especially directed and written by she a woman. She says, a, do it. Yeah. yeah. Direct, directed <laughs> by a man. There was, you know, especially when it's because there are <laughs> There are other comedies that Seth Rogen was a part of that portray a much darker scene <laughs> than that. Uh, I'm speaking about um, Observer, Observer Report. But I, I do think that's intentionally, 100%, intentionally dark. intentional, right? A hundred percent. It's yeah.
2: extremely hard to watch. Yeah, it's a
1: hard scene to watch.
2: Uh, but, but the first time I saw that, I wasn't quite as familiar with like... Jody oh, Hill. And yeah, then, then. and I mean I was because I was watching Eastbound, but I was like, is this... Do they know
1: what they're... Doing? And obviously
2: yeah, I, mean, I do now yeah. know what they're doing, but that's,
1: I mean, that's why that's Observer Report scene. isn't a more popular movie. Yeah, that was, that, that was the year that... Paul Blart came out and like derailed the other good, yes. the good security guard movie, uh, but I, I think it's handled like if they would have tried to do it any other way, and I don't know how they could have it would have been even messier. It's so simple. Yeah, it's just like um, it, they were communicating, which is good, but there was a miscommunication on both parts. Yeah, it's but not like a Julie and a That's how
3: it, That's how it always happens, right? <laughs> yeah, because, that's yeah. how everyone gets as
2: pregnant. far as uh, all of yeah, <laughs> all, everything I've seen <laughs> online, that's how it usually
3: yeah. goes. So, the, the, essentially, it is, it's it's kind of like a crash course in relationship one-on-one, where it's like two people have to meet, they meet each other, and they have a kid, and they have to become, they have to love each other yeah. in nine months. Yeah, yeah she's one a, night stand. She's
2: a successful professional. He is an illegal Canadian immigrant. Uh, with no job. Yeah, with no job. who's living off of, like, settlement money. Yeah, yeah. money. He got hit by a mail truck. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and got, I, like, ten grand. Yeah, and I think he's down to, like...
3: $113. Yeah, at one,
2: I think at the start of the movie, he's down to, like, 1200 yeah. or something, and he mentions that he's gonna... Make it last like a few years, yeah. <laughs> I live with that for the next t-
3: decade. Like, yeah, who was splitting the weed? Was he just putting in like five the the, dollars? Even for a movie,
2: it was an unrealistic yeah. uh, there amount
3: of money. There are a lot of things. I, I want to play Justin Fact Check for this movie as well. Uh, but essentially- they lived in the valley, so. That's true. Uh, uh, well, he he mentions his dad says don't move to Northridge, and I was just like, well, I mean, <laughs> no one lives there. was <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like, what do you mean? The great Harold Ramis, RIP. Um. So a, a lot of this movie is really autobiographical for Judd. He he mentions that uh, this you know is essentially how he and his, his wife Leslie Mann, who was actually in this movie, <laughs> uh, this is how their courtship or you know ha- happened with their first child. Um, how much did you feel like Judd Apatow's movies kind of like, they're all autobiographical in some way, shape, or form? Yeah. Like this one... I mean, he thinks, then,
2: he thinks Paul Rudd is him. Yeah, and like,
3: so. these two movies are literally, you know... <laughs> yeah. The movies that we're talking about today uh, are literally his most they, autobiographical. Well, we're skipping what
2: his truly most autobiographical one, At Mercy of Ourselves and Everyone Else, This yeah. Is 40. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, hard to
1: justify. Because
2: it's basically all this... I mean, th- This Is 40 is a watchable movie. It's nearly three hours. But it is, uh... In you could just watch his other movies, yeah, and get the basically the same stuff. hundred um, percent.
1: They become increasingly more autobiographical in all the worst ways, uh, and we get to see like the true like Judd isms of what that means. Like, <laughs> he puts his
3: daughters in every one of them. Yeah, which is like I think <laughs> Ma- I think Maude is a good actress. Yeah. Actually, Maude's good as a child. Yeah. Now
2: she was in the last thing I saw her in was an episode of Girls, but that was still she was like she's seventeen. In, she's in
3: Euphoria. She's like second build from Zendaya. That makes sense. And guess she, she's she has like kind of a cult following. Okay, but well then Iris like,
1: is the one in love. Iris is love? the one who is the Iris is the younger yeah, one. Yeah, she's in love and plays David Spade. Does she have more dialogue
3: than, than Maud does in the Euphoria? I don't I, just, I didn't watch Euphoria. Man. Oh, oh no, 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 you're missing
1: out. We have know, a podcast. Whatever. Sorry. Eric's scared right. of the youth. Yeah, yeah. yeah literally. I don't want to be reminded. The hell? No, nah, I'll get to it. Um, but we saw that his worst impulses come the more he focused. Like, it was cool that here's a director using his own wife and kids and his own, like, friends. I think Leslie's friends. great. Yeah, and she's great in these, but yeah, it becomes a little overindulgent the deeper we get into his, his canon. Especially because they're all too, a little about 10, 20 minutes too long. Yeah, that's. So,
3: where were you guys when this movie first came out?
2: This was. Uh, this came out right as I was going to college. Yeah. So, you guys would have been in college. The sophomore. Like, yeah, going into your junior year, yeah. I think. The uh, summer of that, I think. Yes, the summer, yeah, exactly. summer before. So, w- not only do we have this amazing moment a couple years before where Wedding Crashers and 40-year-old came out at the same time, we have another, n- maybe even more amazing moment when, within, I believe, a month, if not two months, two months, if not a month of each other, 40 40- year uh knocked up, and super bad came yeah. out. Uh, another back-to-back, just like. Game changer. Yeah, just unbelievable. So, I, 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 I just want to look this up real quick. Superbad came out August 17th. So, like, w- the day people were going back to school, basically. Yeah, I remember and, seeing both in theaters, y- Yeah, and Knocked Up came out June 1st. So, two months? So, two months and two weeks. There was, like, a cultural between zeitgeist. Between Knocked Up and
1: Bad. There was, like, a zeitgeist shift. And this was, like... Dude, well, comedies have become, like...
3: Summer movies, yeah. it? No, yeah. summer
2: and now here was when I knew. Uh, looking back on it, I realized was driving around today, uh, when I people didn't see a ton of movies in college. I mean, I did. I did. But I, I realized that I, I was different than most people <laughs> because I was like, oh, like me and a couple of my friends uh, were like, oh, we gotta see super bad, like. You guys saw knocked up, right? Like we have to see this other one. Like it's obviously going to be the best fucking
3: movie ever. I thought Superbad was a prequel. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 in, it, in many ways it it could be.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's because that, that they're all such spiritually intertwined yeah. movies. But that came out and people were like, no, I'm like gonna hang out on like the college campus, and I was like, I gotta go to the movies. Like I'll see you guys later. <laughs> uh, but it's truly he didn't again he didn't direct Superbad, but was obviously so heavily involved in it. Totally. Literally and influentially. Uh the, I mean those that the, that back to back on top of the Wedding Crashers 40 year old back to back is truly a
1: culturally paradigm shifting moment. Absolutely. And I, I remember seeing knocked up in, at VCU where yep. it was same here. And this was back this was two thousand seven. I think I still had like a pre like I had like a phone where you still had to add minutes to. <laughs> oh my god. I, I had, had a burner? I had like I have like LG M. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a flip phone that like would run out of minutes. Uh, I think that was around the time. And I, I remember, like, my two roommates were out of town at the time. I had my car, but like my phone was off. I was like, I can't afford new minutes right now. But, yeah. And I had like just a couple bucks, and I was like, should I re- reload my phone or go see Knocked Up? Yeah. And I went to this like movie theater by That's myself great. and bought a ten dollar ticket to see Knocked Up. I, mean, I know, I
2: know, he's a <clears knocking throat> now, but there's a moment on Parks and Rec where Chris Pratt is talking, <laughs> and he's like, "I only have enough money to buy a sandwich or get drunk." and he gets drunk yeah right. <laughs> that was it was one of those ones
1: cause I was like my phone will re- automatically reload in like two days I can go without a phone this is like pre-social media era and I yeah I went and saw hey screen. now you can do it again yeah you can do know. it again now yeah. no one
3: knows you have Jesus no Christ. you have no digital footprint catch Eric streaming <laughs> I'm catch Ken him on, on Discord. on Discord <laughs> meet right. Eric on Discord man I, I mean I, we barely talked it was 40 minutes we barely Sorry, talked yeah. about the
1: movie uh, but what's us talk about how good the opening is I remember I, we can use my personal story to talk about the movie because I remember being in this theater it was like a matinee I was the only one in there maybe some strays but when the lights go down the universal symbol comes on and oh, oh baby I mean? like it raw comes yeah. on it's a movie about uh, unplanned pregnancy I was like yeah. I'm witnessing something here yeah. Oh, yeah I
3: was like when I was in, I was like oh this, these white boys are yeah. I was like this is this is, this is this is this is good
1: you know
2: that you're <clears> either getting something Crazy or great when some other music starts over the Universal logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's either going to be like, oh man, these idiots had way too much money or, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. This is the good stuff.
3: So we, we open with with, with, uh, with Ben and his friends. They all have their same first names. Yeah. Uh, their, their actual other first, than, first names. Uh, other, than yeah, other than Seth. Yeah, other than Seth. I mean, again, like, like I said, like the, the premise is pretty much how to make a relationship in nine months. Uh, you go through week by week between Ben and Allison but I really want to talk about Katherine Heigl here. Yeah. Because she had a lot of things to say about the movie. Her time there, yeah. Two years after the movie came yeah. out. Um, she did not have a lot of nice things to say about uh, Knocked Up. Yeah. And, and, the, and this portrayal of women. Um, basically, she called it out for for sex. Let me find the quotes here. Uh, she, she said, uh, she admitted she enjoyed working with them, but she had a hard time enjoying the film, calling it a little sexist. And it paints women as shrews, as humorless and uptight, and it paints the men as lovable, goofy, fun-loving guys.
1: Yeah, and like, I don't think she's necessarily wrong. I don't think
3: I think she's eighty percent right because I mean, because look at I think at that time you probably would have been like, man, what the fuck, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, certainly
2: dismissive of the criticism at the yeah. time. Yeah. But now we didn't, we didn't
3: know any better. But now it's like, she might have did something there. Yeah. See,
2: I, I kind of I would say maybe. She, she. I do think she's kind of right. I don't know if right. it's as far as saying she's 80-20 right, but, I, <laughs> but but I don't I don't I wouldn't. While it's just obvious that the male characters are more fun, a as a product of being the protagonists, which is a also a product of the second half of this, which is it's just how sexist movies were at the time and still are.
1: Yeah. But. I think, yeah, both things can be true. It's sexist, but also, like, it goes back to what I was saying about Knocked Up and, I mean, uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, how the... Steve Carell's... The, the, the devil's on his shoulder trying to get him laid. <clears throat> In a normal sex comedy or a standard sex comedy, those guys would be cool and lauded. Yeah. But they were miserable and crying. I think... Yeah, the guys seem more lovable, but they're like slacker losers. Yeah, they're, yeah, I don't think they're cool. Yeah, I, don't think they're I, cool. I also <laughs> don't
2: think that uh, it portrays women as humorless. I think that Leslie Mann and Heigl are both pretty fucking funny they're in like this movie. they're two
1: of the funniest parts Which of it. she the calls movie. them
3: shrew, and, and I think that. That might like, be true. And it's true, but I don't think that. Okay, she's right in that they are shrew, but she's also. Forgetting the fact that, like, there were reasons why they were acting like that. Yeah. Like, obviously, she's hormonal. Yeah. Obviously, that's, that's rough for her. She even she even explains sure. it as such. And even, you know, Leslie Mann's character, she's unfulfilled in her marriage, unfulfilled in her life, and that's why, yeah. you know, she's acting the way that she acts. Yeah. But Every man is a man-child.
1: Like, what Paul Rudd's character runs away to play fantasy football, or play fantasy baseball. Yeah. And, like... So the men aren't likable either. I and I can I you know I feel for Katherine Heigl because you know she, besides Leslie Mann she really was, the only, you know that we had a bunch of men writing for her yeah the the bunch of male protagonists surrounding her I mean, and it's not I, like
2: she was like some uh, trained improv comedian coming yeah. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. like with all the you know that she wasn't <coughs> going toe to toe comedically. In terms of banter with people who are trained with a bunch of dudes who had been "quote unquote" trained to do it. She's playing
3: off. You could tell she's playing off Seth. Yeah, she's um, trying. But I think
2: they have really good chemistry. I I mean, the reasons I'm dismissive of the uh, not dismissive, but the reasons I bump back on her quote isn't because I disagree with all of it, but because I disagree specifically with. I think that the movie wouldn't work without her and Leslie especially her I I think it's an incredibly memorable performance i, I hate agree. that she didn't have
1: more of a career afterward well the thing that's Best why her, I, I, I follow up with saying i want i i obviously i believe her and it's you know i'm sure she dealt with some pretty shitty like, like yeah, locker, I was gonna say, locker room, are, room talk
3: are, but are, like are we, i was going to say like are we is this where we kind of give the 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 floor to Katherine Heigl and kind of say like you know maybe we judge their too harshly at the time 10 years ago. Maybe, but this I, I don't... She was violent. Yeah, she was going like, <laughs>
1: crazy. No, yeah, this wasn't the only movie where I've heard that she was not the easiest mm-hmm. to work with. Yeah, And this came from multiple other films. So I was like, th- once that news started coming out, and obviously like Hollywood is... It, Hollywood and, is sexist. Innately sexist, so like, women are often painted as hard to work with and difficult and diva-ish, way faster than a man would be. But when like four different films with, like, four different sort of circles of crew and, and talent are kind of saying the same thing. It was like, maybe she was the problem. Yeah,
2: especially, I mean, she, for as, though, for I mean, as bad as, like, TV people often are at crossing over into Hollywood, yeah. like, mainstream movies, she, I, I'm, I'm still shocked it didn't happen, even if she was difficult to work yeah. with.
3: Yeah, and, and a lot of the, like, the crux of the movie is, like, it's not even really about Ben, it's about her reaction and, and how she has to change her own life because of what happens. I mean, there's even a scene where he says, you know, this will help you out with your situation. And she's like, wait a minute. This isn't my situation. It's our, our situation. situation. Yeah. And I was like that. I, she gets like the
1: last, I don't want to say the last laugh, but she is like the moral fiber of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. She's
2: yeah. power.
3: She breaks up with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and then really like,
2: awesome. they get back together at the end and like he does like, he does get his act together. Like yeah. he is like living way too ridiculously for like, how, how, he's supposed to be like what thirty maybe he's twenty three he's twenty three he's, he's twenty three in them yes. okay not realistic <laughs> uh, he could be thirty five yeah uh, but you know it's I I I I it's upsetting knowing that that is part of her experience but I don't treat it the same way I treat like Molly Ringwald talking about yeah. the John Hughes stuff like yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. think that would be a false equivalence. yeah
3: I, I don't think this is as harsh as the John Hughes stuff yeah I think there are way more glaring uh, issues to me with, with with knocked up and that is that like how many how many like people of color in this movie no and even a, well, I was
2: think about 40 year old not only, uh, did the crew have a black dude? There was an Indian guy working at the yeah, store, yeah. and he was in a ton of movies at the time. I don't know yeah. his name, but he's so fucking yeah, he funny. He was of an exact. Like, movie. How,
3: how much of this experience is just Judd literally speaking to his own experience and not anyone else's? Like, right. I didn't notice that when I was younger, but now when I'm watching it now, it's like yeah, movies have changed yeah. like, so much yeah. more drastically. Like, the conversation has changed so much that like movies like knocked up, they've just. It, I think it's aged even worse than forty year old version because like. I'm looking at this I'm like this isn't this isn't even really experience of, of this anymore like you can't even say like 10 years down the line like this is I would show someone and be like this is how it used to be like yeah. no it's yeah. also it's it, I mean again
2: and I I don't it's not to undercut the actual comedy of the movie but it's not really even like slice of lifey in no. that there aren't like it's it feels like a it, sketch comedy show I
3: Yeah mean, oh like, yeah like, certainly
2: <laughs> uh but it's uh it's less it's, it really is about like this process of this like nine month thing mm-hmm. more so than 40 year old is a, also about a process basically yeah, yeah. but uh is kind of maybe more of a uh, because it is less sketchy I feel like maybe more of a movie yeah like, I mean, all the way through. They, they have
3: to thread this this plot for two hours so there's a bunch of scenes that are not interconnected yeah. in any way shape or form like the Vegas trip could have been cut down yeah. a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. although it is uh,
2: absolutely hysterical yeah. the even, shot of them on the uh, the yeah. mushrooms. Or
3: even like the riff, <laughs> the riff at dinner when they're doing the, the, the Back to the Future gag, and it's just like, okay, this scene ended yeah. five minutes ago. Yeah. And you're still going. Like. Uh, we we saw the overindulgence the
1: early in uh, uh, as Apatow's weakness. Um, yeah, it's tricky with the representation thing because I I when I watch a movie like that, I'm like, do I want Apatow to try to t- include race? Like, he, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. stay in your lane. Like, even if it is white, like, it would be even more cringy if he was just, like, using token characters to, like, diversify his cast. Like, now I mean, in 20... 20- I didn't
3: feel like... I didn't feel like Romani was token. Well, no, I'm saying
1: it worked then, but, like, I, I think now there's no excuse to have that white and that male of a cast. Yeah. But, like, 2006, I, I you know, or 2007, it's like... It, it was, like, the same argument I saw around um, the, the Beguiled, so, Sophia Coppola's movie. They're like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't want someone like that writing a black character. Like, it would be worse trying than... Trying to speak to that yeah, experience. Yeah, it's like, they, I don't... Yeah, I think we're better off sometimes with white people to stand in their
2: fucking yeah. lane. I will say, the movie could probably be remade just swapping one of these cast... Guys, out swap for a out. black actor swap I
3: mean, the, the beard guy, like, Stark. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they swap him out, like, he wasn't necessary, like, and they're going back to this guy. Why wow. I don't,
2: uh, I don't understand why he was allowed out of the bet. He just said he was allowed out, he shouldn't have been allowed out no, for the pink eye thing. No, when he has to grow, when he's growing, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he has hair. to say that you're the master. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, he goes, If you know how to get out of the bet, man, he goes, Jason, you're, you're the master. The master. Jace, Jason, Jason yeah. yeah, another great, uh, he's amazing how fast the milk comes. Yeah, yeah. Him is like a skeevy, like hitting on um, Leslie Mann's character. Craig Robinson cameo. Yeah, I mean, only black person in the movie. Yeah, introduction. <laughs> in camp. We got our introduction to.
2: Maybe has the most famous line in the movie. can the the old, old pregnant, pregnant bitches, bitches running around yeah. in
3: the club. Well, well she called. Well, Charlie in this movie. She yeah. calls him the F word. Also. Does she? Yes. Oh, Leslie Mann she does. Yeah. yeah. F with your fe your fe gloves.
1: Yeah, there's there's a hard F in this. That was yeah. This was probably the last movie we saw like a
3: mainstream studio with that. Um. What I what I will say is that even with all of Katherine Heigl's comments and how great she was in the movie, Apatow did strive to create better women characters. I think in that's movies. true. And oh I yeah, think, that, I, I think he did. Certainly, like like her
2: and Katherine Keener's character in Forty Year Old compared to like now, or, or compared to now, they they I mean they probably don't look as good. At, I mean they wouldn't come be up to snuff now. Yeah. But the jump from. Female characters in comedies two years before these were made. I mean, yeah, like
1: it's like going to the moon. Yeah, like they were literally just like a, a pair of cleavage on the cover of yeah, the DVD. Like, yeah, and like well, that's probably what led him to Lena Dunham. You know, we don't have to talk about what she became, but I think that he started wanting to see the female perspective more and like yeah. funding more female led projects. It, it, it is, uh,
2: it it is a female experience, and it is incredibly. Uh, white right. experience, still very white. But and, and for for all of uh, the other uh, Dunham problems, which obviously there are, there are many. Uh, the he does have an ear eye for talent in terms of just her writing ability, 100%. because the the literal script of the pilot of Girls, other than being not an inclusive, like t- technically as a pilot script it's incredibly yeah, good. Yeah. It's like one of the best things. Yeah, it's, it's, and it, it, it like it makes me angry that somebody I dislike in a lot of ways <laughs> has done something on, like a watch and I'm like, ah, like that's, that's, you, you really, you did that incredibly well. Yeah.
3: Uh, so knocked up. Uh, I, again, I think a lot of the conversation with Judd Apatow is really about the discourse, and of course, and it's about like what he did more yeah. than
2: almost these movies themselves. Yeah,
3: I still think that these, this movie is, is great. I, I still love it. I'll keep it in the in the video store. Completely do.
1: I mean, it 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 was the incubation period for you know early Jonah, early Jay Baruchel, early Martin Starr, early Jason. Um. Again, all straight white guys, but can't deny that they haven't had a positive and influential impact on just like comedy, pop culture in general. Yep. And then for the time, at the time, it, I think most of the jokes still holds up minus, you know, the hard F word and, you
3: know, cringey. A um, lot of them do. I yeah. mean, even the, you know, calling him the, the shoe bomber still got me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the riffs like... Calling uh, them Scorsese on you know, Coke yeah, still yeah. got me. Did it, uh,
2: what is it, uh, did it suck when you changed your name from uh, Cat Stevens to Yusuf Islam? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, say,
3: it. yeah it was really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the
1: gags the riffs like the, <laughs> you look like like that now i'm like it's tiresome but back yeah, then it was but like, they basically oh. invented it yeah, they like, literally invented it and got to you know kill it so. still
3: still my favorite scene is after and and again you don't even see the scene you don't even see uh uh you don't even see Paul Rudd's, Paul Rudd's character uh Pete uh say this yeah. to Allison but or Debbie, he he reveals behind behind the scenes that he told them about uh Ben doing the shrooms in, in Vegas. So when he tries to go get back with Allison, she's like, nah, because like a lot of that is framed on the fact that he's still up to his old ways. Yeah. Then he goes up to him and says, Hey, like, you know, I just walked into a fucking bus saw. Fuck you. And you told me like you told you told her I did shrooms in Vegas. Then he just like goes off on, on Pete and then Pete just kinda looks and says, <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was just like, it just shows like, this is what, what Pete got from that, yeah. Yeah. from that bro down, yeah. and from what, what Ben got from is it, it's like Pete's fine now, yeah. you don't need to worry about Ultimate that. Ultimate Rudd yeah. moment.
2: Uh, this is one of my favorite comedies yeah, ever. Yeah, uh uh Just
1: defines,
2: all, uh, for all of these movies, this is the one. Yeah,
1: I think that, it, this, they, this they, was they, the opening salvo for the next eight years. And I, and I will comes. say,
2: the uh, criticism of the representation in the movie is Entirely valid, yeah, totally, but for what this movie did for Seth Rogen's career and for how conscious he is about representation mm-hmm. in everything he makes, could be worse. Yeah. yeah, it
3: could be way worse. This movie on a 30 million dollar budget made 220 <laughs> yeah. million dollars. Abitale's
1: uh, first two, I think, it was similar like he became king of the mid budget
3: comedy and that saw huge returns. Blockbuster. So, we've come back from the break, we will be talking about. Funny People, a movie that <laughs> I got bars for. Him,
0: right? <laughs> we'll be right back. Let's the get course. it. So how's work? Great. How's he? Great. That's awesome. Do you know Vince Vaughn? Have you ever met him? No. I really feel like we get along well. I just, I, I, he seems like a fun guy. You know, I feel like we'd like hang together well. Mm-hmm. I feel like he'd like me. You know, I'm sure a lot of guys are like, ah, I'd like to hang out with that. But I really think he would want to hang out with me is like the cool thing. I'm sure he would, yeah. You look very pretty though. Thanks. By the way. I just thought, I don't know, I thought maybe it'd be cool to hang out a little bit. And we didn't really get to talk that much last time, so I thought. That we didn't. <laughs> I thought maybe we could just talk and get to know each other better. Cool. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll start. Um, I'm Canadian. Oh, that's cool. From Vancouver. I live here illegally, actually. Don't tell anyone. But, um, it works out in my advantage, I think, ultimately, because I don't have to pay any taxes. So, financially, that's helpful because I don't have a lot of money, you know? I mean, I'm not poor or anything, but I eat a lot of spaghetti. So, um, you know, the web page or whatever is just something that you guys do for fun. Do you have a a real job? Well, that is our job. Oh. We don't technically get money for the hours we put in, but it is our job. So how do you... How do I pay rent and shit? When I was in high school, I got ran over by a postal truck. Oh, my God. it, It was my foot more than anything. But, uh, I got, like, 14 grand from the British Columbia government. And uh, that really lasted me, I mean, until now. I mean, It's been almost 10 years. I have like 900 bucks left, so that should last me for like, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but like another two years or some shit, I think. Yeah. So I have something that I really need to tell you is kind of why I called you. <laughs> Here it goes. Um, I'm pregnant. Fuck off. What?
3: What? And we're back on Late Fees. Uh, prepare to take a hike because you're standing in it. <laughs> we're about to we're about to talk about funny people two thousand nine. Adam Sandler, Seth Rogen, once again Leslie Mann is pretty much a, a, a three person movie here. Uh, one hundred and forty six minutes. <laughs> it's so That's long. I crazy. I hate you guys for making me rewatch this. This is my first time I rewatched it in a decade. Actually, it is the ten year anniversary of this movie. Uh, which That's is crazy. So funny. Adam yeah. uh, we're, we're coming right back. That's to how it goes? This. So Judd is on top of the world. He decides for his next movie, literally two years after uh, <laughs> Knocked Up, to write a movie about his about a, a failing or a, a struggling comedian uh, who learns he has a terminal disease, and he decides to cast his former roommate, Adam Sandler, in the role. Yeah, epic <laughs> former roommate what relationship. What a crazy life Judd Apatow has, right? Crazy. Yeah, I just
2: want to say real quick, after Superbad Knocked Up, he was either produced or wrote Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, Drillbit Taylor, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Don't Mess With the Zohan, Step Brothers, Pineapple Express, Oof. and unfortunately, Year One, before Funny People. And Bridesmaids. And then after that, he did Bridesmaids, Get Him to the Greek, This Is 40, I mean, he... He didn't stop working. Yeah. yeah. He,
1: his A, his a future print. level... His carbon footprint on comedy is, you know, he... he I, I've... I don't know if soured is the right word, but like... He he is an artist himself, not 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 his projects. I have grown a little uh, resistant to, but um, we can get to that. He's but been
2: on top for ten years. He's automatically
1: going to get a little get off my lawn. Yeah, like exactly. that's just what happens. That's a great way to put it. Um, but yeah, this, I remember seeing not or um, this what are funny funny people, funny people. <laughs> um, and I thought I had witnessed the first hour and a half is the absolute masterpiece. It's so funny. It's, oh.
3: Okay, let's get to the crux of the movie. Yeah. So. And then it uh, all falls from there. <laughs> Sandler plays George Simmons. He's a he's a retired comedian who became a movie star. He be, he essentially became an Pat. He said it perfectly. He became Adam Sandler. Like, yeah. He's essentially it's Adam Sandler, Sandler. Figure. This movie is a proxy for his career, and that he's doing you know successful but ultimately unfulfilling work. It's like even
2: wealthier than Sandler too. By yeah, like the looks of like the estate yeah. and the blockbusters and
3: shit. Super freaking rich. I think he gets leukemia? It's a rare form of leukemia. Yeah, Yeah, and he has like a a very small percentage of actually surviving it, uh, in which case he actually turns to uh, Ira, who's aspiring... uh, Stand up. He's essentially who Judd is. And and again, like this movie, like Judd's movies, he places himself in all of these characters as as far as where he's at mm -hmm. in life. And Ira is to, again, he's the Judd, uh, or essentially, he's us, essentially, in the movie. Yeah, he's the POV character yeah. which has its problems to me where it's like i don't feel as though iris character if he was a real person would have sat around for any of the stuff that goes on in the second half of this movie yeah it's a little uh well that's why i've said that it's a great
2: gatsby adaptation more or less because <laughs> ira is nick and sandler is gatsby and then they go and try to get his old girlfriend back yeah and her new husband doesn't like it and then they have to like get themselves out of the situation. But something that is part of Great Gatsby is how weird it is that Nick hanging around. hangs around for all this stuff, yeah. even after it starts to get shitty, and he's like, I like Gatsby, and you're like, you're
1: weird, he's, go home. Yeah, he's giving you no reason to like him. And Simmons, just as well, as like an unlikable guy. Yeah, he's, but they're know, both like kind of just seduced by the access to this person, uh, Nick uh, and Ira. Yeah, it's a mutually destructive symbiotic relationship, where yeah. it's like, you know, Sandler... Appetite is a really good thing of kicking off the action from the jump. Like, you find out Sandler George Simmons has cancer within the first 10 minutes. Yeah,
2: yeah. and it's so already nostalgic because of the, like, real-life videos of Sandler yeah. that Which it starts can, with.
3: It's such a great touch. Like, if Judd, App, like, just life is just so crazy. Yeah. Like, he's able to just pick out these home videos yeah. at will.
2: It's so, like, literally, the start of the movie is, like, already moving, watching yeah. Sandler do this, and it feels, even though it's he's
1: doing the stupidest shit, you know that, yeah, you know, that, yeah, you know <laughs> that,
2: like, what's gonna follow in the movie, it makes that shit so sad. Yeah. The, yeah. Cu-
1: the cut from, it, it. it's a black and white credits, and you hear the audio of, like, giggling, and it's, yeah, a, a real-life 20-year-old Sandler, Ben Stiller, and Janine Garofalo, like, on a mattress on the floor in like a dorm room, it looks like. Yeah, it's with a, a dorm room. A- Ap- Apatow must have been behind the camera. Like, obviously. Can you imagine with like a big fucking yeah, like, like video shoulder, shoulder rig, all that. Yeah, the yeah, Talk Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, just, just capturing that, and that's that's the opening of the movie, but we're supposed to. We know that Sandler, because Sandler at that point was still one of the biggest stars in the world. I mean, he, he will always be, have that aura of him, even, you know, as his career floundered towards, you know, the mid aughts or late aughts. He's back, baby. So Ira
3: uh, and George are like an unstoppable tandem. He, he essentially, well, he essentially hires uh, Ira to be his assistant. They go around. It's you know, Cliff Booth. He <laughs> said, exactly, uh, Seeing different uh, comedians acts and I thought that was the most endearing part of the movie was seeing other people's actual sets. Stand up in movies is usually so unbelievable and stupid, <laughs> and, and while it is in this movie. Why
2: but, don't you like stand up? I well, I I think that mo- I think that stand up in real life. And Eric is a fan of
1: stand up. Correct me if I'm wrong most of the time is bad. Well, I, I I produce a comedy show and I'm like actively on Twitter saying like stand-up comedy is embarrassing. Yeah. You guys should be embarrassed yeah, for doing it. Yeah, it's this. like
2: it's... And it's just like it... I mean, a- every art form attracts people who think they're really good at it but are very bad at it. Like yeah. that's just what it does. Yeah, Stand-up is just one of the most exemplary versions of when it's as cringy as possible. Yeah. But even when the stand-up is bad in this movie, it's like act like when they're trying to write good stand-up in other movies about comedy, they fail
1: completely. Yeah. And in this, it seems pretty close to realistic. Yeah. Well, they, to, to add to that level of naturalism what we talked about in Knocked Up, they went on tour as these characters and performed stand-up. Okay. They so see they, that's, some, big, that's amazing. Like yeah. So Adam Sandler would come out as George Simmons and not yeah. Sandler and like perform. They went on tour. It was like him... You know, a pre-scandalized uh, Aziz Ansari. He wasn't even famous yet. Yeah, this was like one. his first uh, another ch- like another launching pad.
2: For and he's us. doing like a bit in the movie, the Cold Stone bit, <laughs> is like the type of thing that people would use to parody real Aziz bits now. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a really Well, funny what episode. Apatow did
3: was he w- he actually held a a, com- a uh, comedy special at the Orpheum. Yeah, to film the scenes in the movie called A Night of Funny People. No one knew what they were in for no one, nobody knew who was going to be there, but they filmed they they did all the characters as as Eric said in character yeah. for the movie, which I thought was you know the first half is some really riveting stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: it's the drama of this man that we're getting to know who, you know, doesn't seem like a very redeemable man fighting leukemia not telling anybody. He has no loved ones cuz he sort of alienated everybody with his wealth and his attitude and his Big, his dickhead-ish. And here's this, but, like... But, George Simmons, he has a medium-sized penis. Yeah, great great songs in this. Uh, but, yeah, then the Ira, the, the, the bright-eyed, you know, bushy-tailed, aspiring comic who wants nothing more than to be on that level, I think that's the only reason that keeps him around someone as odious as Sandler's character, yeah. because he, again... It's the access to celebrity, and he's making more money. He's making fifteen hundred a week. Yeah, he got plucked from a deli because they worked out with the RZA. RZA is actually pretty fucking funny, funny. in is movie. Otto is my Lotto. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Chuck. Uh, uh, but yeah, it wasn't and, funny. It was humorous. Yeah, and then like they, and then they hit. He, he and Jonah Hill share a very nice apartment with a moderately successful sitcom star played by Justin Schwartzman. So they're sort of surrounded by this. This level of, of, like, the the brass ring is a, uh, the Gatsby yeah. Green light is yeah. kind of close because they live with the guy. And
2: it is also, in this regard, a pretty accurate uh LA movie. I 100%. Would say, 100%. Where, 100%. like, these friends who, some of whom have crossed over yeah. and some of whom haven't and may not, yeah. still coexist in, like, the exact same circles. Yeah. uh And it's shitty. It's shitty. I uh, actually wonder
3: why he didn't do it in New York where they were actually.
1: Is that really where they were? Well, they I were in they NYU, were. yeah. Oh, yeah, of, of course, were. yeah.
3: And like, and, and
1: Apatow's always said, like, when he lived with Sandler, he's like, this guy was an inevitability. He's like, Han- he's more handsome than me, he's funnier than me. Uh, but I think it, all these movies take place in L.A. is because after Sandler got SNL and Apatow moved out here to write jokes for, like, Roseanne and Gary Shanley yeah. and stuff, he did live in, like, a fucking... Five bedroom apartment in like the valley, like Chatsworth, with Paul Feig and those guys, and that's where they wrote Freaks and Geeks. So I think that's why L.A. probably feels more like yeah. That's
3: what that's what Casey Frey does, you know. Yeah,
1: Casey Frey. I feel like that guy worries me. Like for all the success Casey Frey Frey has, that guy. Why did he disappear for so long? That guy lives in squalor. Yes. (laughs)
3: Instagram for what, like three, four months, yeah. and he just popped back up, yeah. bald like, and with no beard. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: making really funny shit again, and like, I would imagine he made like a decent amount of coin from doing those like sponsored, sponsored yeah. music videos. Yeah, but man, my guy, like. There's, like, bowls of ramen in the sink. Every, I'm like, dude, clean he up. Looked, like,
2: he presumably he never has to do laundry because he gets so many free clothes. Yeah, oh, he's literally to, He literally yeah, pops the
3: tags off him before he hits play on the yeah, video. He wears, <laughs> like, yeah, the
1: same pair of Levi's and then, like, a, like a fan
3: T-shirt.
1: Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if
3: you're listening, Casey Frey, we're, we're, we're huge fans. Come on, late fees. Uh, kind of let, let's it. get into the second hour of this movie. Uh, George, thinking that he is going to die, decides to reconnect with his ex-fiancé, Laura... Who has seemingly moved on? Yeah, and, uh, happily they, married. They take a trip, Meh. Married, well, married. That's true. What they, seems they, like a happy marriage. They take a trip uh, after, and this is after he finds out that he's in remission. Also, So he's yeah. like you know, I got to, I have to grab life by the horns. I have to get my girl back. They take a trip all the way up to go visit her. There's a very, very long act that comes from this. That features Eric Bana, uh, kids. And Ira just basically not being a character for the rest of the movie. yeah,
1: it, it, it becomes a sizzle reel. I've always said it's a sizzle reel for Leslie Mans. Like it's like an acting reel for oh, Leslie 100%. and the kids. It's so, so obviously that like, you don't. It's like a. I mean, Pat's read more screenplay, you know, manuals than I have because Pat actually writes screenplays. But like, there has to be some sort of cardinal rule where it's like, hey two hours and 15 minutes in a movie, you don't introduce a whole new set of characters uh-huh. that are supposed to be just as important as the last act, last two acts. Well, like, I would say that
2: like uh, there are very few people who could do that. And uh, even as great as he is, and with all the praise we're giving him now, yeah. Apatow isn't one of those people. Like yeah, That's no, like no. a
3: Scorsese-level move. And it felt like he wanted to... like pay homage to of course his wife and his kids but also like his homeboy yeah and it became like all right let's 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 get y'all an oscar this let's go beyond comedy now let's try to go for an oscar
2: i think that the best stuff with sandler i mean it is like a classic like i am tragically gonna try to get this woman back who ultimately chooses not to do that because it would fuck up her life a lot and he actually kind of Seems like he made it. made he his greed may have actually saved this marriage. Yeah. Uh, because like they're they actually seem like they want to fix things at the end. Uh, and Banna does as such a he's such a bastard in this movie, but yeah. he does have a pretty good performance. The second half is just too long, and I like a good the uh, psycho switch where the second half is just a different person or whatever. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah.
3: The, the second half is isn't funny. Yeah, it's not funny, <laughs> and this and
2: it's not even as sad because the. Sandler's stuff is way more tragic in the first half of the movie and that's when he's really capital A acting. Yeah. Like his moment of his breakdown. Yeah.
4: You buy all this stuff and none of it works. Yeah. And
2: he's like, have it's like, oh my God, like all he's got is this stuff and like you all can see that like even in this accumulation of the stuff, the stuff doesn't even actually work. Yeah. Uh, it's re- it's really sad and he's yeah. such a good actor and I mean the second half if it were shorter if it were the third act of the movie and not the second half of the movie it would be a lot different I think you're right
1: and I I, it's tragic and as heartbreaking as the first 45 to 60 minutes of this movie um, I do like what Avidow tried to do where it's like Sandler not even cancer could make George Simmons a good guy you think he's put all this stuff behind like I want to focus on what's important and try to rekindle this love or at least not even a love I know this woman is married I want to apologize to this woman who I wronged yeah. and maybe at least have a friendship in my final days but even the the death scare turns him into a more of a nar- narcissistic sociopath yeah. like he's like doesn't care about Ira's feelings and he's trying to he's gonna break up a happy marriage yeah, no it they have sex yeah, no no well but, he and, goes down on it oh yeah he goes down on it which is as much as I'm ragging <laughs> on this final act that is one of the funnier things like Apatow I never thought about it this way, and I think it's such a funny joke. Like, no, like going down on a girl is way worse than having sex. Is in terms of cheating, like oh, it's yeah. worse that you only ate her out and didn't fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's
3: such a funny little bit. Um, Eric Bannon's character. How, how do you feel about? Oh, he's about, so good. Uh, as like a shit-eating,
1: like, bi- like traveling businessman. Like clearly, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, infidelity runs amok. And yeah. He's just like... Twice. Yeah. His yeah. name's Clark. Uh, he got the, the happy ending. He got the happy ending uh, at the massage parlor. Yeah. And like, he's unhappy. Everyone's unhappy and that's like a also a running theme in Apatow stuff that I do like. That like, there's this surface level happiness, but like, even the marriage that Sandler thinks that he wants to make him feel whole, like these... Yeah, People what you, are miserable. Yeah, or,
2: like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to get with this with Leslie Mann's character, and then you're going to, like, be this these kids' stepdad? Like, yeah. what do you think is going to happen? It, like, yeah. it is it is like the... Like, again, like, I don't... It's not that much... It is... It, it, other than in broad strokes, it's not especially like The Great Gatsby. But it is like... if You you have everything. Yeah. Like, you have everything in the world. Don't go fucking into this other situation that will make it bad for them, and honestly, yeah. pretty bad for you... For no reason,
3: leave it alone. You yeah. know what's missing from this? The signature dialogue, and that's what I. It was, was there when. It was there with,
1: with Schwartzman, Hill, and Rogan. First, first, half, first right? half. First half.
3: And then it is gone. The second half. He tried it's, to make a
1: Cassavetes movie at the end. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was very weird. And I was like, yeah. you
3: know, like these movies work when they have all three of them in synchronicity. Yeah. When one is gone, it's there's something very wrong. You got the California part, but he even kind of got that wrong. Say like Marin County, like. <laughs> I would never go there. Well, yeah, that's that how I would be
1: like. Oh fuck! I'm rich now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
3: like it's like it's like oh man, we're gonna go to Maracanã. That's probably where the seventy million came from. Yeah. Just shooting there. Yeah. <laughs> and he shot it all in films. So that film. so Because I mean, that was also it was a thing at the time. Two
1: thousand nine kind of. was where right before it kind of broke into yeah. digital like fully. Um,
3: but yeah, I, I was not a, not a fan of this movie the second time around I think that's I, I, fair it, 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 dra- it really just drags yeah. for me it really drags Yeah, me. I was bored
1: as a Sandler piece it's one of my favorite movies Apatow ever did it might be like number two for me for Apatow because the stuff that works is so transcendent like like you said it's so it's not only hard to recreate stand up on film or TV but to make it work but also to be decent but also that good like it's it, it went to a whole yeah. other level of like and then like, you know, now I'd probably roll my eyes at it, but like seeing like those scenes where it's like him just going down the line of barns like Sarah Silverman, Dave Attell, the moment, Eminem. The moment when
2: <laughs> Ray Romano has to apologize to Eminem, it's, classic. Is, it's so funny.
3: I thought everybody loved you. Like that's... I love, I love the Eminem part. Right. I don't
2: give a fuck what his name is. Yeah. There
3: was a big, there was a big like media firestorm of Eminem being in this movie that everyone was like, oh my God, he's going to act again. Because this was like his first acting yeah. role it's in... Since 8 miles. And like, it was like, like, no, he's... He's playing like M. He's doing an incredibly self aware cameo <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, and like uh How do you guys feel about the Avatar cameo stuff? He does it a lot. See, it
2: uh here's the thing, and that his dialogue does it too. It makes stuff immediately it ages it so much faster. Yeah. yeah, Like, even even stuff with like even like if you make a movie with like a... Uh, that it heavily involves, like, the president or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand why, just in a narrative way, not in a necessarily moral way, but in a narrative way, why it's always, like, the president is, like, just some ambiguous political figure. <laughs> They're never, like, an especially political character. I mean, like, right. disaster movies and action movies and stuff. Yeah. It's because if they were an overtly political character, it might, like, that's not the point of this movie. Yeah. They would, like, nail down this movie to something that it isn't intending to be in any way. Yeah. And so I think it's, some of the cameos are insane and you have to kind of give it up for them. But I think that anything that dates stuff immediately it's a knock is, against yeah, is hard for me to take.
1: Yeah. Um, again, I've said this a lot, but like now I would be, I would find it so twee and, and obnoxious, like this sort of cameo stuff. But back then it sort of still felt revolutionary where it's like, yeah. My lizard brain is being activated. Like, oh, I know all these people. And yeah, exactly. Like, and and like it goes back to what we talked about with that opening sequence with the home video of Stiller and Sandler and Garofalo, where it's like, well, that's where it works. Yeah, it works. And then, Apatow to to great effect, like the opening, and then lesser effect, where it kind of creates this sort of meta narrative that's going along with the actual film, where it's like, uh, he does this thing where it's like, okay, what, what, what is it? Semi autobiographical here and what isn't, and why does that matter? And it's like, oh, I'm watching like a real. It had the cinema verite feel, which like comedies never did before. Yeah. Right? Something about that at that time felt really groundbreaking and like you kind of invest emotionally into it, which yeah, you it grounded. Like, I know this. Guy. It kind
2: of grounds the movie in its own universe. Yeah. I mean, even though it makes the movie more ridiculous and harder to nail down. That's it, the problem. On a meta
3: level. That's the problem. It's our universe. Yeah. Like, Knocked Up doesn't live in our universe. Yeah, Because you don't true. have that. Yeah. I mean, you have E, you have Ryan Seacrest, yeah. but then you also have Allison being an anchor. That's not our universe. Yeah, so that's yeah, exactly. not what exactly. we know, You know, yeah. so it's, it's like... That's, that's one cameo. The, yeah. the
2: the George Simmons with all these celebrities, reasons, like a very... It's it's almost like kayfabe. Like, yeah. how much of this is just Sandler. Yeah, and or just
1: showbiz. Yeah. And like, yeah, the, the the curtain being pulled back, but why? And it's like, yeah, that, that part was cool. And then them going on tour and, like, releasing... like. Jason Schwartzman is on, like, a shitty sitcom. <laughs> but, like, the attention to detail and the uh, the dedication to making something feel real and the veracity of it, of, like, yeah, that five-second little shitty sitcom you see Jason Schwartzman on, we're gonna create a whole Yeah, series. hour yeah. that you can watch on YouTube or, or on the DVD extra of, like, this being its own <laughs> universe, where I was, like... Shout out to Bo. Yeah, Bo Burnham, like, uh, his favorite rapper was Eminem, and, like, it's <laughs> like, it all, like, ties full circle. It's, uh... <laughs> So that stuff was impressive, but like it, I when people tell me they don't like this movie, I, I rarely fight them on it, especially the the latter half, which is yeah. Kind of like I don't, I
3: don't particularly like the second. It's <laughs> second half a lo- it's a lo- yeah. it's just for me. It's like a large mountain to get over. Yeah. I think just coming around to it again, it's like again, I don't relate to any of this. Yeah. I and even if I didn't relate to it, and I was just watching it purely as a as a movie standpoint, it's it's not it's toothless to me. It was so, just like yeah. I don't like George. Ira's an idiot. Even if he was me yeah. and he's supposed to be like the stand in for me, I'd be gone already. Yeah. Well, it was
1: also like a harbinger for things to come where I think Apatel stopped relating to Ira and started seeing himself in George Simmons. Yeah. Because yeah. his next two movies, or his next movie right after that, This Is 40, which was like a complete vanity. It's basically project. if the second half of Funny People were a whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where it's like it, it, it you know it dissolves up its own asshole and he starts making these very bourgeois fi- cinema. Where it's like oh comedy, like, but yeah art. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh brother You're already doing that. But it's like obviously because it's Avatar and he is good inherently at this stuff that like there are moments that are working. This is forty. Like yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd is undeniable. Like yeah. the, Melissa McCarthy makes a cameo that's actually pretty funny. And but then Billy o- once Billy Joe Armstrong shows up, I'm like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. So Megan <laughs> oh, yeah. Fox. Shout out to Megan Fox of though. Yeah. yeah, Megan Fox is good in it. Jason Siegel like getting horned up for her and it's like him and Chris um, that Irish guy. Chris, oh, O'Dell. Chris Chris yeah he's funny. Yeah, he's good. Um yeah, so it's but yeah, it's it's uh, I it,
2: it's also the movie where like it was like it went from Apatow makes long movies to this guy's movies are long, man. Like, yeah. yeah they, but, <laughs> it, it, it got to
3: and it, and it didn't happen long either. I mean, it was like 5 years yeah. between all these yeah. movies and, and it
2: could be
1: shorter. Like I love the first half so much. If it ends at if it ends with Seth Rogan leaning over to Leslie Mann saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, he's cancer free now." Then the curtains go up and they do their big concert. If it is yeah. there, that's a good. That's a perfect movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he learned how to be a little bit better, and he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna start being nice to people." He made amends with his sister, yeah. who he talked to, and his, you know, Andy Dick friends and shit like that. Well, I, I, I suck my
3: own dick and I <laughs> spam it into a <laughs> I... Uh Seventy five million dollar budget. $71 million. Yeah, it was a flop. Yeah. It was like... It, it flopped. It's because
1: it, cause the yeah. runtime. Yeah.
2: And also and the marketing. Yeah, it
1: marketing. Was... Didn't know how to market yeah, it. Yeah, they
3: probably didn't know what the fuck this to is, do. This is 40 actually fared a lot better than this. So for a $35 million budget, it made it 80.
1: Yeah, and I think this is one of first... Sandler's first, like, big mainstream... I mean, he had made, like, Rain Over Me, which didn't do well, and he made dramas that didn't do well, but the first, like, Apatow... This was, like, touted in the media. Like, mm. there were big reunions since college, like, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be this thing, and... Yeah, I think people just didn't know what to do with it.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I'm not going to keep this one. I'm not going to keep this one. I am just because I think the first 90 minutes is a perfect movie, and but the bad will it generates after 91 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Once it.
3: that car goes up yeah. that road, I'm like, here we go. Yeah.
2: Here, I, I will say, similarly, I will keep it. I'm sorry. You don't have but, enough to but, but I will say, of every movie I've ever kept, I probably wouldn't shut another one off at a certain point <laughs> as quickly as I would with yeah. this
1: one. Once they are in the Escalade, g- driving up that hill yep. up to I'm Eric Bana's house, I hit. But, but
2: seriously, <laughs> I think the first before that is
1: so fucking good. I rewatched this for the for the pod, and I should you not know, the way you said you were crying at the Disaster Artist when they get the movie made. Yeah. The the Arrow Theater or the um is it the Arrow it's somewhere in Santa Monica. Uh, when it cuts from twenty-year-old Sandler's home video in the beginning of the credits, and then it cuts to f- present-day Sandler, so he's like forty-five, yeah, and that very sad like Neil Young song or Beatles song is playing, yep. and he's like getting out of bed, and the camera follows him. He like looks weathered, and, yeah. like, and like I like choked up. I was yeah. like, this is good, man. We just beat. love Sandler. Bro, I know. man, <laughs> that's my that's my that's my white night. Wow, white knight. Oh, that's God. why you got.
3: That's why they took you away from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's my Seventh uh, Calvary tweet. So coming up for Joe Apatow, he his back directing after a, after a uh, after a, did you guys watch the Zen Diaries of Gary Shanley?
1: Yeah, I did. It was I, a good. He's he's been making a ton of. Di- oh, he directed Trainwreck, which was a hit for Amy Schumer. Yeah. Uh, suffered the same sort of um, length problem, but you know he didn't write it, so it also yeah. avoids a lot of those trappings. Yeah. Some, but. You know, it made Bill Hader a leading man, so I can't be too mad at it. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we saw it... At, we saw it together. Yeah, right? Um, but yeah, he threw his weight behind a bunch of documentaries, whether he was producing them or directing, which was the Gary Shandling thing, which he had... He That was like his
3: his his mentor. Like, he yeah. you know, yeah. was writing jokes for him. RFC. Since, yeah, King. Um, oh, he, he's back in the director's chair next year. June, uh, untitled, but Pete Davidson. Uh, it's <laughs> supposed to be an autobiographical movie Why? for Pete Davidson. He is not... An
1: important figure in comedy. He got. How is this happened? Because of fucking Agent sixty
2: nine, Dan yeah. Crenshaw. Is that how Pete Davidson became relevant? No, I don't get because it. because
1: Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, liked I forgot. About like they that. dated yeah. and that was it. And yeah, that is why he got to be. He was not even showing up on SNL sketches because he's <laughs> woefully unfunny. Sorry, bud. But, <laughs> but once the and then now... I mean I can go on a tear about it. Okay, no. okay then let's let's not he, kill he, Pete. Davis. No one needs
3: a Pete Davidson biopic. Yeah, let's be real. He wrote, uh, he wrote it with uh with Pete, so I hope he, he wrote he it for Pete, Pete. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, no true words have been spoken. That's what's the next for Jed Apatow. I think you know he's still a legend. Yeah. So, oh, know, I didn't... mean,
2: he he, he 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 changed comedy for the better, and he probably did that better than almost anybody else. hundred percent. Like comedy is generally more uh, accepting and forward-thinking and just the scripts
1: are better because of what he's done. I I think that's a great way to encapsulate at least his lasting impression and lasting marks on this. Yeah. He's still fairly young. He's early 50s. He's going to be around for a while. We'll see how this Pete Davidson thing does, but, like... I, I mean, mean we'll, we're going to see the fucking movie. I know. I'm I'm hoping it comes full circle where he does get in a groove of, like, he can make some sort of like Hal Ashby kind of comedies, like quiet, quirky things with like a forty five year old Seth Rogen. That's yeah, scary yeah. to think about. Um, well, it's
2: crazy to think about how, I mean, Seth Rogen, how powerful he is in entertainment now. Yeah. I mean, based he, off these movies. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of these people, like Siegel, briefly had a real moment in the sun with forgetting Sarah Marshall, and then uh, the Muppets, and Jonah Hill obviously is in Scorsese movies and yeah, like Two time Oscar nominee.
1: Uh, I honestly think everyone is. like, But you forget Siegel... I always forget that Siegel seems like a, such a us thing. Like, he's our special guy. Yeah. But he was on fucking How I Met Your Mother. Like, that's yeah. Seinfeld. Oh, that's... A, you know Yeah, I mean? So yeah. he made... Uh,
2: I, I keep thinking, like, oh, he went away, but he made
1: network money for 10 years. He made network money for 10 and, years. Yeah. And then he did... He came back depressed, like, all these other movies. Yeah, and yeah. Like, he rich... He made David, the David Foster Wallace movies. because yeah. like, I feel empty. And then he went to rehab because uh, he was drinking. He was like, yeah, I woke up one morning and I was surrounded by, like... Tw- 24 bottles
3: of rose he's only 39 yeah he so. looks older than 39 yeah, uh, so, next, I mean, yeah sorry, next. so next episode uh, we are doing Sandler I thought we were doing Denzel
2: we're doing next. Denzel then and <laughs> Sandler, <laughs> and then Sandler <laughs> because Uncle Gems comes out in, oh yeah, December, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah
3: we're gonna come back to Sandler this is just like a brief touch on Sandler we're gonna do Denzel uh, I really wanna I really wanna talk about an equalizer one of the equalizer movies it will Denzel. come up
2: what are did we decide we did not decide movies? what movies were are we gonna now. do training day I mean do you want to do training? It's big not big that good of a movie. Really? It's like, I mean
1: it's awesome but it's For him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is like insane like that's the one that I mean he's great in it and it's insane that he got finally got his long overdue Oscar for but I mean I we mean I, do, I think we should do like one do of his really- Spike his Spike movies and then okay. like a mid-aught like Men on Fire kind of thing.
3: We should do, um... Like Mo
1: Money, or uh, Mo Money, Mo Better okay. Blues. Okay, how heavy do you want to
3: go? Do you want to go Mo Better Blues? And, and or Malcolm. Or Malcolm.
1: I think we should do Malcolm. I'll
2: do I I, I have to watch with The last time, never seen no, last time we said it, if we said I have to watch it for yeah. the show at some point. Strap so. in
3: for 202 minutes. I was so, going to say, it's, yeah. the, it's
2: the Denzel's version of the Irishman. Yeah, here you yeah, go. 202 I think minutes. Think we should do bro, like yeah. a
3: hang and watch together. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's do no, it. No, totally uh, So we're going to do Malcolm X and we're going to figure out the second movie. I really think it should be Equalizer 2. It's his most recent movie. The Book of Eli.
1: Just kidding. Remember? It's The
3: Book of Eli is unwatchable. It's so
1: bad. We'll figure it out yeah. by next yeah. time.
3: We'll see you guys in two weeks. Remember yeah. the Titans. No, I'm not watching <laughs> it. He's good at that. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for. We should do Two Guns. I enjoy that
4: movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that fight scene with him and Mark Wahlberg is an all-timer. It's a shitty movie, like in theory, but like there's some impressive. You're set a Wahlberg fan. We should do the I'm Taking of two. Pelham One, Two, Three. Oh god, I would love
2: to do the original's amazing. Yeah, it is. Inside true.
3: Man. No, we did Inside Man. Yeah, Man, Man. yeah we talked. talked
2: about we, we talked about, it about,
3: on about the Spike it. episode. We'll, we'll figure it out. Now what? we're
2: the the uh, the LFU.
3: Late Fees universe is starting to uh, yeah, it's starting overlap. To con- yeah. It's starting to collapse yeah, on itself. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Star. Uh, but thank you guys for, for listening once again to Late Fees. We'll be back in two weeks with the Denzel Washington episode. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are very, very excited about that. Uh, we will probably have Cam in the building next time. Oh, yeah, on. he'll be here. He'll be back. He'll be back. Uh, so, uh, until then, follow us at RNC Radio Live. Don't follow Eric, but follow Pat at, <laughs> at Pafifi and me at OG Johnny Five. Um, until next time thank you guys for listening to Late Fees we'll be back next week and the video store is sadly closed
1: Sandler innocent
4: with the Dodger Brooklyn squad. wu kill killer he's on the swamp. Rain on your college ass, disco yeah. drum. But well, you even touch my skill. You gotta oh. go to one killer B and he ain't gonna yeah. kill now. Chop that down, pass it all around. Lyrics get hard, quick, see back to the ground. For an EMC and any 52 states, I get psycho. Killer Norman Bate, my producer slam. My floor was like, bam, jump on stage, and then I dip down. Maybe I like it. Shimmy A yeah, Shimmy yeah. Give me the mic so I can take it away. Off for the natural charge, wrong voyage. Year from the home of the Dodgers Brooklyn squad. Who killer, the hubbies on the swamp? Rain on your college ass, this so dumb. But well, you'd even touch my skill. You gotta vote the one killer, V and for the kill now. Drop that down, pass all around. Get hard, quick cement to the ground. For any MC and any 52 states, I get psycho killer, Norman Bass. My producer slam. though it's like BAM, jump on stage and then I dented.